Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for being with us tonight. We're so glad Stacy is in the house. <laughs> Stacy Lorraine is with me, and John is here to take your phone calls, ready to uh, get into this next 90 minutes of <laughs> contemplation. <laughs> John is making sure you get your due oh. applause, Stacy. Uh, we are so glad you're with us for the Bible Live. We we have been, and Stacy and I are going to talk a little bit about this tonight. We have been in, I guess what, I guess what I have come to see over the years now. This is 20 years we've been going through the Bible every single year, reading through the Bible every year, and and, and commenting through there, and taking your phone calls, and studying our way, commenting our way through the Bible. Uh, every year, 20 years, and always uh, Genesis is great. People are excited. It's interesting, you know, the creation and the flood and Abraham and Tower of Babel and all these things, and Exodus comes along, and they're down in Egypt and the ten plagues and coming out and uh, God bringing his people out of Egypt and to the Mount Sinai, and he the Ten Commandments is given, and all oh, that's wonderful. Then you get into Leviticus <laughs> and Numbers and Deuteronomy, <laughs> and I don't know, but there, there is this all of a sudden this this cool down, this this kind of a shutdown of our systems. We we sort of over d o o d over o o we o d overdose with details and and you know worship and priesthood and baptisms and cleansings and dietary laws and and this law and this festival day and this grain offering and sin offering and guilt offering and and we get into these details of worship and you know I hope I'm wrong but generally speaking it seems to me like kind of our eyes glaze over a bit roll back in our heads and we go oh wow what is all of that about i think that's the first thing i said to you this evening was are we still in deuteronomy <laughs> yeah i wish uh, again deuteronomy <laughs> but we've got to talk about that stace we've got to talk about how how can we and maybe some of you our listeners maybe you can help us tonight by con by contributing as to what value do you find in uh Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Now, obviously, in, in in the book of Numbers, there's some storyline. There's some. You remember the 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 twelve spies go into the land, and ten of them come back with bad news, and and we can't do it. And oh, they're bigger. We're like grasshoppers, and we can't. And, and two, Caleb and Joshua come back. We can do it. Let's go in. Let's take the land. Uh, and of course, they fail the test, 
and the whole nation suffered you know, for 40 years. They have to wander in the wilderness Why an entire generation of men die out uh, until they're ready to go in you know, again. Now, um, there is a little bit of a storyline, and every now and then there's a battle, and there's the incident of Moses speaking to the, you know striking the rock and water gushes out and the next time God tells him to speak to the rock but he doesn't he disobeys and he strikes it something is going on there in in Moses attitude something about he is not he there disrespected evidently God before the people he he did not reflect faithfully God's holiness is what we're told in in, in our English bible here what that means, but but it was serious because it meant that Moses could not go himself into the promised land. That he was that was his uh, the consequences of that disobedience, that disrespect was that it, there must have been sort of an unseen or un kind of a silent something there that happened that we an attitudinal thing that God knew and picked up on. Um, Moses doesn't seem to. You know, he appeals it. I think he wants to go in, but God says, no, no, you can't go in. And so he, he takes it. He takes his lumps like a man and and, and, and just looks across uh, across the river into into Israel. Um, now, he does. Did you know he actually does get to go into the promised land, though, eventually, Stacy? Moses does? Yeah. Did you know that? Maybe one of our listeners, can one of our (laughs) listeners answer that question? When did Moses get to enter into the promised land? Is this a trick question? No, no. I mean, it's sincere. When did Moses get to go into the promised land, folks? You can tell me. Give me a call. 210-340-9585. That's our number one question. What we're going to do tonight, every time I ask a question, if you call in and answer that question, uh, and, and you know we're gonna we're not gonna be really hard on you if you come close and you give it a good faith effort we'll work with you and kind of probably help you get the right answer. But uh, if you call in and answer one of our questions tonight, uh, and you can call more than once if you like to, every time you do, we're gonna put a piece uh, your name on a piece of paper. John's gonna do this. You know this, John. This is your new t- job description. John's gonna write your name on a piece of paper. We're going to put it into a jar, and at the end of our 90-minute program, we're going to have a drawing, and we're going to give the, the name that we pull out is going to receive a beautiful, brand-new, New Living Translation study Bible with all of the wonderful study notes and maps and explanations and commentary uh, from the New Living Translation uh, Bible. It's a beautiful Bible, and I know it'll be a great uh, asset to you in your home and family, or maybe a great gift you can give to a college student uh, or to a, someone you know and love going uh, you know out of the house you know anyone you like but we 're going to we 're going to have a drawing at the end of the program, put these names down, and then we 're going to give somebody a brand new new living translation study Bible uh, at the end of our program tonight so if you want to call in it 's two ten three four zero ninety five eighty five two ten three four zero ninety five and the first question of the evening was when did moses enter the promised land yes okay because we we know here and we we've seen here in leviticus number deuteronomy that we we've seen that moses was uh, eliminated he was told he's not going to be able to go in but he did actually 
was actually able um, ultimately eventually to get into the promised land. So we'll uh, we'll pick up on that. And Stacy and I are going to talk a little bit tonight as well about this whole concept of why the Old Testament yeah. is so difficult for us. Right. You ready to take names um, and put them on pieces of paper and have a drawing at the end of the program? Uh, you can do it. And do I take their phone number or what I take? Yeah, you'll need to get their We'll need to get their name and their – oh, at the end of the hour, I guess we'll need to get their, their uh, address so we can get the book, the the Bible to them. Okay, there you go. If they, if they got it right. If they got the picture get their name and their phone number, and that way if they win, we can I can call them and get the Bible to them. There you go. Okay, we got it worked out. Let's go. We've got – all it takes is a little motivation. All of a sudden, we've got two phone calls. Everybody – uh, and, and I'm happy about that. Don't worry. I'm not complaining at all. Let's go and visit with our first caller. I believe is Franklin. I think Franklin was first. <laughs> he should, Franklin, you must have had your, your finger about one inch off the button. And when we gave the number, you called right in. Thank you. Hi, Franklin. Oh, you're welcome. God bless you, Sophie, and your beautiful daughter as well. Thank you. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, well. The answer to your question is Moses got to get into the Holy Land when he appeared with Jesus and I believe it was Elijah on the Mount of Transformation. Hey, see, it wasn't really a trick question. Kind of a trick he, did, question. he did actually no. get that. <laughs> well, you know, it is kind of a quick trick question because he was there in the spirit rather than the flesh. Right. I, mm, I guess. <laughs> I wasn't there, uh, Franklin. I wasn't there, so I don't exactly know. I, I wasn't know. there either, and, and uh, Peter Peter made the big mistake of saying, oh, let's build three shrines here. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's one of the few times in the Bible where God had, one of the, God had to tell Peter to shut up. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Peter, yeah, yeah basically. Up. This is my beloved son. Hear, hear him. Oh. <laughs> He was so impetuous and such a good man, too. Yeah, every thought that came into his head, you know, he was just out with it, you know. Well, you know, he was a fisherman, and I, he I was always so, casting yeah. his, his his hook into the uh, water, hoping for a fish. And exaggerating the size of it, right? <laughs> well, you know, this big, uh, you know, that kind of goes with the territory, doesn't it? Yeah, that was. That was okay, now. Uh, uh, we've got to make sure that John gets your phone number so we can call you at the end of the hour. Uh, every okay. time, every question, we want to give you and take put your name in our bucket. And I'd love to gift you this brand new New Living Translation Bible um, I- I- at the end of our program if you um, if you can help us out. Yeah. You know, and you already have. Well, you, you've earned your name in the bucket. Thank you so much. You bet. I'm glad okay. to do it. I'm, I'm glad to do it, and I hope that, uh, yeah, I wish you luck. I'll put it that way, okay? Wish you well, God's I blessings. wish you all the best, and may God walk with you every day. Thank you, Franklin. And give, him, and give you his blessings uh, by the bucket. Oh, full. man, he, he does more than I deserve for sure, but uh, I really appreciate Oh, yeah, you. well, we wishing. don't deserve anything, but <laughs> Amen Lord goes is there. so merciful. Thank you, my brother. Good to talk with you. All right. So that's our first name in the bucket. Yeah, Franklin is in our name in the bucket. Oh, okay, so Franklin, let me I put Franklin on hold. On hold and we'll I get hope your he didn't hang number. up, Franklin, because I'm going to have to figure out how to. 
So this week we are in I the book of it. Deuteronomy. I'm just going to okay, talk now here I'm with people unlock there it, right? doing this. And so now, I, how do I on hold? I go. <laughs> I, I'm just learning how to put him on hold. We're in uh, Deuteronomy, and uh, earlier I said. Uh, uh, are we still in Deuteronomy? And I think there's, and I, I, I said that, and then I felt kind of bad to downplay the book of Deuteronomy. It is one of the most quoted books um, in the New Testament. And the importance of Deuteronomy can't be understated. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, of I mean, it's, it's a legal writing. And so in a sense, it is going to be somewhat tedious. Maybe that's the word, tedious and repetitive. And that is many ways represents the time that they were living in. I mean, it was a tedious time. It was a lot of um, uh, of kind of a, a child. It's a nation as a child, right? And so it's building this nation. It's reminders. It's obedience. It's all of the things. It's kind of like elementary school um, as a nation. And so in some ways, you know, it can be a little bit of a tough book. But once you get into it and once you do really understand start to understand to see what god is doing it is so foundational um to everything else and um and i think the stories in genesis and exodus leading into deuteronomy are perfect in a way because you see what this life was like and what this nation attempting what the attempts at nationhood were like before deuteronomy before the law before it was given and then you see god come in and really establish and really start to dig in and, and put his law into the hands of this nation group and build them up. And so Deuteronomy, I, I was just saying I didn't want to downplay the importance of Deuteronomy, no. even though it is very yes. tedious. It, 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 it is, yeah. Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, they are all amazing books, but for some reason we... It doesn't translate into our culture and into our understanding of, you know, what's we I guess we like the storyline. We like these adventures. We like the, the this this guy who, against all odds, does this or that or the other. And when you get into, OK, uh, you know, the priests are supposed to wear this kind of a robe and it's going to have this kind of tassels on it and this thing and blue. And in the in the tabernacle, there's going to be so many cubits long this way and so many this and this. Uh, you know, we, we go, what? what? And, and I think you had a, an idea, Stacy, that was so good about that. When we get into Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, this is that part where if we understand what God is doing, mm-hmm. and you said this tonight when we were discussing, you said, but this had never been done before. There never was, there never was a nation like this. Every nation that existed, all the Babylon, uh, the Moabites, and then, you know, the Hittites of this group, the Canaanites, and every nation, uh, Egypt. The, the, the Egypt, the, the, they had... There's some residual understanding of, of beginnings, and there was nature all around them that they could, and I and I assume that there were people in each of all of these cultures, there were individuals that somehow grasped, and, and I'm God looking word. for the true mm-hmm. God. I'm looking for the the true and living, the God of created all of this, and me, and, and so there were people through general revelation 
that found the right track. I, well, we know that because as you uh, as you go through Genesis, Exodus, and those, they remember people. you meet some of them. <laughs> Abraham meets this guy named Melchizedek we never knew about, mm-hmm. and he's a priest of the Most High God, and he's you know. The, so, right, but we also encounter Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, yeah. we're, they're in the middle of these. Yeah, uh, there's this Sodom. incredibly ugly, corrupt, perverse wickedness that seems, uh, that, to, that it, that seems to have been in the great majority of mm-hmm. you know the Egyptian these false gods and this cruelty and this wickedness and man taking advantage of man and so on and, and the the Canaanites and the wickedness we I mean we know from historical records uh, about the incredible perversion and that some existed of it, right was mitigated by Babylon I, I, by sorry the table, Tower of Babel some of it was mitigated just by creating yeah. just different groups and languages but on the whole well, another cruel wicked group would to, rise up right. and kill them off you know and, <laughs> right. and but it, but it was so here for the first time, which God is wanting to establish not just individual people or small family groups, but he, God is putting together a nation, mm-hmm. a nation, a whole nation of right. people whose God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the true and living God, the creator, who noble God, a good God and a God who th- they can know and follow and obey and trust and that that they can, God is teaching them how to be yeah. human beings, yeah. <laughs> how to be, be human, how to be loving and kind and generous and noble and uh, all of these these qualities. His, his image bearers, quite frankly. I mean, he, he was uh, in, in saying, I created you, and, and here is the template, the, the, or yes. here is the manual. <laughs> yes. Here is how you were meant to be. And, uh, and that's what's yeah. reflected in these laws. Right, right. They're not some sort of divine, heavenly, angelic, you know, with the halos over their heads coming down and saying, be like this, you know. They were real. They, mm-hmm. were, they were made for real people living in a real world with evil, mm-hmm. with temptation, with difficulties, with struggles, and saying this is how this to is how be good. And this is how to be loving and kind and gentle and generous and courageous and and God is trying for the first time he he's he's trying to develop a whole nation of people a people group that that reflects that and is going to be and is going to be a true reflection of God and his character and his ways through the centuries right. So that has to be sustainable from one generation. They have to learn how to pass it right. to their children and to the children's children and how to worship and how to. So it, if you understand that, that aspect of nation building yeah. that's going on in the books of Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy, that those 40 years that God develops and works with them and shapes them and molds them and teaches them and. and Again, it's not some perfect little wonderful experience either. They're they're grumbling, they're complaining, they're 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 forgetting, they're disobeying, uh, and yet God just continues to work. Of, yeah, it reminds me of a puppy. They're little puppies. <laughs> the puppy nation. It reminds me of you kids when y'all were. Yeah, no, sure, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, and, that's, and that was actually what I had said earlier. Was you're right that it's a, it's a, it's tedious. I mean, this is this is the tedious part of of a relationship where you're establishing who's who, what's what. It's all of the 
ologies, it's the anthropology, the sociology, the theology is getting God God is saying this is this is the world, this is who I am, this is who you are. This is how we are going to interact. This is and uh, so it can be tedious, but it, it gives way to a whole lot of fun. But I think <laughs> that if you if you have that picture, if you have that vision and that understanding of what God is doing as you read the books of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, really you do, yeah. Yeah, you do hear the stories, you do see the episodes of complaining and grumbling and not believing and, you know, the false steps, you know, the two steps forward and the three steps backward they take and uh, you do see those, but if you keep in context what it is God is trying to do with them for the first time, and I'm not, and I hope you know, folks, we're not just talking about uh, a a nation in the political geographic sense. We're talking about a people group, even within Israel, even within uh, the two million people at the base of Mount Sinai, or or the. Uh, there's probably two to three million people now camped at the west side, uh, at the east side of the Jordan River now ready to go in. And the whole book of Deuteronomy now takes place in a 30-day period. It's a one-month period, the last month before the people of Israel take that incredible, wonderful step of faith, and they cross over the River Jordan, and they uh, enter the Promised Land. And they meet up with their first wall, great wall city of battle, Jericho. And they go in anyway, in spite of their fear, in spite of their misgivings about, oh, some of us are going to die. This is going to be war. Uh, but they take that step over. Uh, so this is the last 30 days. And Moses is giving them these four messages uh, that we've said are kind of in the in the outline of a treaty that God gives that the king, a conquering king, would give to his vassal state. Uh, it would review the history of their relationship. It would say, "Here's uh, the blessings and the in the um, the commands and the blessings that you get for obeying these. Here's the consequences if you disobey." And then a final charge and encouragement to, to move forward in the relationship. So all of that is part of the book of Deuteronomy. And yeah, there are these details, but if you if you understand that those are uh, they exist, those those laws and those uh, commandments are given to the people of Israel um, for their benefit, to for their own well being, for their survival, uh, to bless them, and, and for their protection, uh, to provide for them and to guide them, and even bigger than the group itself. His redemptive plan, because they they are a step, a major step that God is taking to to continue to have a continual revelation of himself in this godless, perverse, corrupt world and nations groups. There's going to be this this lighthouse, this place of witness about the true and living God. And that's what that's what that little piece of real estate in the Old Testament called Israel it really was right there, stuck very, very strategically right in the middle of Egypt and Aram and and the Assyria and the Babylonians and the Moabites, all of these major nation people groups as they're going to rise around them for the next 1,500 years and eventually even Rome and then uh, Greece and then Rome. 
uh, in this little, little little island of monotheism. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it perfectly. They didn't do it exactly right. And I'm talking about the nation group, because even in the nation group of political Israel, there was true Israel. There were those who right, truly right. loved God, obeyed God, sought God, right. trusted God. And true Israel existed sometimes outside of even Israel. Yeah, it's the same way today. We have right. the Church of Jesus Christ. We have believe we have Christianity yeah. around the world and around, right. but but not every building that has a cross right. on it is a real healthy, vital church. Not every man who wears a collar and calls himself reverend right. is a godly, dependable, spiritual leader. And not right. every person who wears right. a cross around his neck and calls himself a Christian has a tattoo on his arm of a cross. Mm-hmm. Not everyone that you know, yeah. says, I'm a. It, it, it's. Uh, those who trust and obey, you know, those yeah. who are uh, walking with God. Thank now, it doesn't mean perfectly either because we mess up. A lot of us are baby well, Christians. And I think that does, um, uh, that is a great kind of segue back to the point, and this is just so fascinating, so sweet to me. Is, oh, here we are. We'll come back on that. Great. Or do you want me to finish that real quick? Yeah, just just tease them a little bit. Move forward what you're going to say. The idea of Deuteronomy and the law and the kind of the legality, but up again, but, but not being, um, uh, and the covenant. So, so you have God's law, but you have his covenant as well. And the way that those two inner like play, play together in the book of Deuteronomy, I think is just really sweet. It's always about a relationship with God. It's not while he gives us the law, it's for our benefit. Um, but it's not for our salvation. Our salvation is, is dependent on that covenant. And I, I think that's a really neat, um, completely unique concept. No other religion, no other book. I taught you well, Grasshopper. <laughs> we'll be right back, folks, with the Bible Live. Don't go away. This is the Bible Live, and grateful to have you on board with us. Really grateful every week. Never want to take it for granted. Our phone number is 210-340-9585, and we're giving out some questions tonight uh, about from the book of Deuteronomy. All of them will give you a, a question and a passage. You can go and look it up if you'd like to. And if you call in during these, uh, well, now an hour or more, our first segment is gone. If you call in with an answer to one of our questions, uh, and we'll discuss it with you and so on, and contribute to the program that way, we're going to put your name in a drawing. Uh, Franklin's name is there already. And at the end of the hour, we're going to give away a beautiful New Living Translation Study Bible that is... uh, if you can only see it, it's got all the great commentary, uh, and it's got the maps. It's got it, you'll love it. It's a great study Bible for yourself or for somebody you love, you know. And uh, so we we've got it available. We're going to give you a beautiful copy of that Bible. So uh, give us a call if you'd like any time during this hour. Here here are some questions we have for you. Our phone number is two ten three four zero ninety five eighty five. And first question I want to ask you is, what does Moses say 
will help the people to faithfully love, obey, and worship God. There's something that Moses tells them very clearly will help them in a powerful way to to faithfully to grow, grow, and to successfully, faithfully love, obey, and worship God. It's found in chapter 11, verse 18 of Deuteronomy. What is it that Moses says will help the people to faithfully love, obey, and worship God? If you give an answer to us, give us a call at 210-340-9585. That's question number one. And then there, Moses tells the people that when they get into the promised land, they are to, one group of the people is to pronounce uh, from Mount Jerusalem, and the other people are to stand on Mount Ebal. These are two mountains that have faced one another, and there's a great valley between them after they've entered the promised land, and they're to, to, to pronounce back and forth to each other from Mount Jerusalem to Mount Ebal. They're to pronounce something to each other. What were they supposed to pronounce across that valley between Mount Jerusalem and Mount Ebal to each other, to the two different groups? All right? That's found in chapter 11, verse 29. Uh, let's see. Those are two good questions out there for you. Our phone number is 210-340-9585. Let me give one more question here. Um here, here's a here's you know I was talking about details that makes sometimes make our eyes roll back, <laughs> glaze over. All right, okay. Uh, here are two details. Now, some of you already know the Jewish dietary laws. There were there were some ceremonially clean animals that which could be eaten, and there were other animals that were not to be eaten. And the same thing applies to marine animals. There were certain animals, uh, water animals, that could be eaten and others that were not ceremonially clean and could not be eaten. And so what I want to ask you, this is found in chapter 14, verses 6 through 9. What are the characteristics of the animals that could be eaten and could not be eaten from both land animals and uh, uh, sea, seafood, all right? If you know the answer to that and you can give me the answer, we're going to put your name in our drawing and get a chance to win a beautiful brand new New Living Translation Study Bible uh, that, that you'll really enjoy and enjoy yourself or you enjoy giving it to somebody you love and care about. A number is 210-340-9585. If you'd like to get in on that drawing, uh, give us a call. We'll talk about that, and then you'll be able to uh, get a chance at winning this beautiful new New Living Translation Bible. Now, Stacy and I have been discussing a bit here about why. Oh, and by the way, Susan called yeah. earlier, and we want to encourage Susan. Give us a call back. We we didn't Franklin have but one or two questions out at the time, I guess, and Franklin got the right and got his finger over the button and beat you to the draw on that one but there's some other questions here and you have the passages that you could answer and we'd love to have you call back and get in on that opportunity to win that beautiful beautiful uh new bible 
from uh, Tyndale House Publishers. So uh, give us a call, 210-340-9585. Stacy, we were talking about why our eyes glaze over, why we get bored, and why we... and, and And I do think it is a lack of understanding that what Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, what that whole period of time at at the base of Mount Sinai, uh, you know, God brought them out of Egypt to take them into now the promised land. That, that there was, the whole point was God was building a people group, a nation. This had never been done before. Yeah, I think some of it is that we um, are a little bit, uh, I mean, we, we, we are the benefactors of the nation having been built. Um, we get to experience sure. so much common grace. We live in America. I mean, and in the, the same guidelines, these same commands reflect righteousness and goodness mm-hmm. and generosity, the way right. we ought to treat one right. another. And so much even of our current <clears throat> government, I mean, of our republic was uh, based a lot oh, on. Yeah. So many of these the, principles. You're exactly right. right. And so we forget. Sometimes it takes a little bit of an imagination to try and go back to... Imagine this had never existed. Imagine you really are uh, in a in a land and and just trying to kind of piece together a, a society, a civil government. Some you're exactly. just trying to and and see what ha- and and you, and then in that sense, seeing what God did and how He interacted and and, and, how and, he and this is in no it. way irrelevant. It, it's no way in re- like you're saying it's. It's relevant to us in our sure. land, in our history, in yeah. our reality today, not yeah. only as Americans right. in Western civilization and culture, because that was influenced by the spread of this good news, mm-hmm. of this God, the true and living God, uh, his redemptive plan that was carried through and came forward. The Messiah actually came eventually, and and it, it mm-hmm. burst out of that little piece of real estate called Israel and around the world now. We, but these principles... These laws here that were Leviticus, Exodus, Deuteronomy, they are they are still enforced. They are still a reflection mm-hmm. of the character and the goodness of the true and living God in our world today. And and the the principles that are brought out to us here, mm-hmm. as we apply them to our world today, the way we treat each other, it's still. Even Jesus said, "I didn't come to destroy the law." The law hasn't been destroyed. It's a reflective of reflection of God's character in a real messy world like we live in. Here are are principles and a picture of of what God's God and God's people right. will act like and will perform like right. in the, that context. Yes, and always with with still the foundation though of God knowing that we'll never be able to yes. fully live up to them. And so the That's law, that covenant part yes, that you talked about. And I think that that's where a lot of other laws, if we're other gods, other laws other that aren't from the creator, that aren't um, fail is because it can't answer that to what end question. In other words, okay, obey this law, but why? Or okay, to what end are all of these laws? And that's where Deuteronomy, it, it's its just, and, and of course, it's God, it, he's just, it's so beautiful because he the, the law is meant to reveal in ourselves the need for our creator and for that covenant. And so the fact that the covenant 
is what is the mm. foundation and undergirds all of it mm -hmm. is the sort of a paradoxical kind of way it's it's it, it makes the law um it makes the law a thing to be desired a thing and to doable be, and 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 doable beyond all yeah. hope yeah, we, actually we think, doable. yeah we think oh we can't do that i can't do it but that's the whole part of the covenant aspect right is that god is committed himself He's given us these laws. We're involved. There's an effort involved. We're not earning God's forgiveness, right, and right. His, but w there's effort involved. We're collaborating with God Himself. But it's God who is going to write these very laws right. on our hearts. Right. That is an exciting prospect. Yeah. Th that's part of. That's the end result of this process that we're involved with God as we obey His laws, as we learn to to live as His people and, and mature and grow. To, of babies and toddlers yeah. to, to, you know, yeah. just young and people it, yeah. and teenagers, and we become adults walking with confidence and with consistency and, and reflecting God's. I'm, I'm going to be singing at a, at a, a really godly man's funeral tomorrow. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things I've reflected on is that, oh, this man was so amazing. He, he, he was a physician, a doctor in our, in our city for decades and he's had an impact around the world he had an impact in the phys with the medical community or, or across our nation uh and he just his loving family his wife and, and you just here is a picture of of, of the end result mm -hmm. that god had written upon his heart he was in his all of his way he was a reflection now ultimately final years of his mature godly life just a reflection Mm -hmm. of 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 the laws of God in a human being and the, as he treated people and people and his family and others around him. So that's the idea is that it's not static. It's not just a bunch of laws and rules, keep them, but it's dynamic in that it's yeah. God is involved in it yeah. and it's doable and we see progress. Yeah. And, and in yeah. that way, you read Deuteronomy and some of those parts that once before were okay. tedious now start to kind of become fun. Yeah. A, a, a little bit of a of a look into God, into his creation, and into the humor, and into yeah. the... He, yeah. And it becomes a... When, and, and Mostly I identified with the failures, but I remember that first <laughs> time when finally I identified with a with a uh, yeah, I got that. I did that. Uh, I grew that way one time. You know? <laughs> but not only the failures, but the successes as well. Yeah. Well, Becky has called in. Let's see. Let's see if Becky can help us out with the answer to some of our questions. Becky, thanks for calling. Would you like me to repeat the three or four questions that are out there? Uh, well, I have an answer to one about um, okay. the dietary laws. Yeah, okay. I hope you can clear that up. The dietary laws, uh, and this is something we don't, yeah, we don't quite get it. You know, these these kosher meals and kosher foods and animals and all. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit in a moment. Maybe you can give us some wisdom on that as well. But there were, among the land animals, there were, there were ceremonially clean animals and those that were ceremonially unclean that should not be eaten. What were the characteristics of the animals, the land animals that could be eaten? The, the land animals that could be eaten would have a split hoof uh -huh. and chew the cud. Right. With, you got with, it. The, 
with the exception. Yeah. yeah. With the exception of there was some exceptions. Uh the camel, the rabbit, which I found interesting, yeah. and the coney. They could not eat those well, three. The rabbit did not have a cloven hoof. Right. Uh, it has a yeah, it's like completely divided or something. Yeah, the kind of toes, a little claw, I think is what a rabbit. Not, but Stacy raised <laughs> rabbits. Stacy had a ra- rabbit when you were a little girl. Did, I am did for they not, have paws um, or what? Yeah, sure, a rabbit's foot, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the good so, luck rabbit's foot, yeah. Um, okay, so that's right. They had to have cloven hooves, which maybe a camel didn't have. I don't know. Does a camel have cloven hooves, John? John knows everything. I, 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 think, <laughs> I think so. So they could eat cannibals. Evidently. Well, we're going to need to, we're going to need Jacob to inform us. I think. Or that have a split hoof completely divided. Hmm. So. Well, that, I don't know. You'd you have to two, really look at look at an animal. You got the two characteristics know. right, though. The land animals had <laughs> had to have split hooves yeah. and chew the cud. Becky, did That's you, why we raise you, cattle here in Texas, right? Becky, did you did you know right. did you know that or were you at is is or, or is that a did you know that before or did you were look you able it to up, look it up? I I knew it um I knew it but I looked it up to be sure I got it right. Good for you. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> this is an open book quiz. That's what Deuteronomy is for, isn't it? We yeah. know it, but we yeah. don't want it written okay, down. Okay, let's somewhere. talk about the fish now or the marine animals. What did they, what to be a ceremonially clean, to be, you know, food that they could eat, what were the two characteristics that a marine marine animal would have to have? They would have to have fins and scales. Fins nice. and scales. So there's no way in the world the wives could get out of cleaning those fish, right? Yeah. <laughs> fins, fins and scales. Fins well, very and good, young scales. lady. You, we're proud of you. You got it exactly right. And uh, we're going to put your name down. I think, have you already made her a little slip of paper? Uh, make sure we get your uh, first and last name and a phone number uh, that... Um, we can keep, and if we draw your name at the end of our uh, program, we're going to give you a beautiful, brand new, New Living Translation uh, study Bible, Becky. You're going to really enjoy it if you if you are able to get that. It's it's a beautiful thing and a great, great gift for you, or a great gift you could share with someone else. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. Thank we appreciate you. it. Stay on the line. Thank Becky. you. Yeah, All stay right. on the line, and John's going to get your information. Okay, if you stay on the line, okay. and get your information. Thanks, Becky. Now I Thank forgot you. how we did it last time. <laughs> uh, let me see. It seems like it's somewhere. Right. So I'll step in here. So there we, we do go. still have it. two questions out. Is that right? Go ahead. All mm-hmm. right. So we've got the, uh, and we're in Deuteronomy. This one's in Deuteronomy chapter 11. What does Correct. Moses say will help the people to faithfully yes, love, <clears throat> obey, and worship God? Thing, and this kind of harkens back to how Becky uh, referenced Deuteronomy in helping answer the questions because uh, this is what helped her. <laughs> and then, oh, are you uh, kind? You're giving little, little hints. Hint. What two things did Moses tell the people to pronounce from Mount Gerizim? Gerizim. Gerizim and from Mount Ebal, my uh-huh. pronouncing that, after they entered the Promised Land. And both of those answers are found in Deuteronomy chapter 11. Yes. 
In Deuteronomy 11:18, it tells what, what Moses says will help the people to faithfully love, obey, and worship God. Okay. It's just true now as it was then. And then De- Deuteronomy 11, verse 29, uh, we're told what they are to pronounce from Mount Jerusalem and Mount Ebal across that valley between them, what they were to pronounce back and forth to one another after they entered the promised land. So if you'd like to give us a call and answer the, either one of those two questions, you can give us a call at 210-340-9585. Shall we replace it with one more yeah, question or not? Can I, I'm going to cheat sure. it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just think this is interesting, and I'm not sure why. So it'd be fun to maybe think about. But Deuteronomy 17, uh, Moses instructed that any eventual Israelite king must never buy horses. Horses from what country? Oh, I think that's interesting. I've always been fascinated by that because you know it shows up later on in another book. Uh, it also Samuel, I believe Samuel told the people of Israel the same thing later, centuries later in his time. Interesting. And you're not to buy horses from a certain country. Who knew? (laughs) You know, uh, maybe we can figure out. And if you happen to know why God told them that, that (laughs) we'll give you a bonus. Get two Bibles. Okay, that's another third uh, question that's out there for you. If you know the answer, would like to uh, take a shot at the answer or or discuss it with us a bit, we would love to take your phone call. 210-340-9585. This is the Bible Live the chan- we make our way through the entire Bible every year, uh, reading it. If you go to our website, The Bible Live, you can hear <clears throat> every Monday through Friday, five days a week, you can hear a beautiful, flawless 15 to 20-minute reading from the Scriptures. And it shows our reading plan there, our schedule. We are just now finishing up the book of Deuteronomy, and then we'll be, tr- we'll be alternating back to the New Testament. We'll pick up at the Gospel of Mark. We've already read Matthew uh, in this cycle. So we'll be- go pick up at the Gospel of Mark this coming week, actually. We're going to end up Deuteronomy, I believe, on Tuesday. And then on Monday, we pick up at Mark in the New Testament, chapter 1. So we'll jump ahead about 1,500 years, and uh, the Messiah will come, and we get to discuss uh, what he was like and how he lived and so on from the Gospel of Mark. But right now, we've got these questions from the book of Deuteronomy. And it is really neat to see Jesus' life um, and still very much following the the Torah, following Deuteronomy. And so what was laid out is, is still in yeah. uh, in motion and in, in part of, very much a part of Jesus' work. And he said very clearly, I have not come to destroy the law. I'm here to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. And it was always that way. It, it, it was always God was committed to fulfilling it and not only fulfilling it, Jesus being the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, but fulfill the plan and our understanding of the plan that it is God at work within us, mm-hmm. Christ in us, the hope of glory, Christ, God within you, working within you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. So that it just continues that idea of grace and covenant that you mentioned, mm-hmm. Stacy. these laws that God is at work in and with and around and through the people to help them obey his laws. And built into the laws of God were were the provisions for when you mess up. Mm-hmm. There's forgiveness 
in in God's plan. There's redemption. There's forgiveness. There's a way to be made right, and, and then that's part that beca- in and of itself becomes part of the process mm-hmm. of growing and becoming more like the laws of God, a reflection of the, law, the laws mm-hmm. of God. It, it is a beautiful thing when you understand it and kind of capture it in your own mind, and it can really be motivating as you make it through these books. Uh, all of a sudden, it's not just a bunch of tedious rules and right. do this and do that. It's you think about the principles involved, right. and you think about what God is building into us mm-hmm. through that characteristic, through that law. It really is exciting. Okay, our questions, let me say them once again, are uh, what in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18, what does Moses say will help us faithfully love and obey and worship God? What is it that Moses himself mentioned specifically in Deuteronomy eleven eighteen? 18? Uh, give us a call, 210-340-9585, if you want to answer that question. And then... Um, what two things did Moses tell the people to pronounce, to yell back and forth from Mount Jerusalem and Mount Ebal after they entered the promised land? He said, I want some of you to go over there and you yell out one thing and some of you are going to be to the other mountain and there's a valley between and you yell out these other things back to the other group. And so what were the things that they were to pronounce to yell back and forth across that valley to each other. That's found in chapter 11, verse 29. Uh, I guess it was a little, you know how sometimes we play uh, games in Sunday school, sword drill, and we have, you know, the Bible answer game or Bible baseball. I mean, when I was growing up, Stacy, we played all of these Bible games, you know, the ways that they had to try to make the Bible... Tic-tac-noe, we had this wonderful game called Tic-tac-noe that we answered Bible questions. It made it so much fun. I guess this was the first version of a Bible game, right? All I can think of is, well, anyway, all I can think of is a sports game, and we used to have this cheer that was, and I, I wasn't a cheerleader, but it was, I've got spirit. Yes, I do. I've got spirit. How about you? Right? And then the other side. So I I don't know. Well, that might have been somewhat. It's so so very human. I mean, here's God in a way. It's a people group. And again, nothing new under the sun. That's right. That's right. Well, we've got one more segment coming up here on The Bible Live. If you can answer any of our questions, give us a call. 210-340-9585. We'll be right back. I may have doubts and fears. My eyes be filled with tears. But peace is a friend who watches day and night. Oh, I love these old songs. These old, they're kind of a, almost, almost barbershop, but they got this and then they got the, oh, I just, I just love that. Oh, these are songs. Anyway, we're back, folks. This is the Bible Live. Soapy Dollar here in the saddle with you. And Stacy alongside. We are coming up on our final segment, and we're commenting tonight about the book of Deuteronomy. We finished Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and now Deuteronomy. We're coming toward the end. We don't exactly fi- we haven't exactly finished the book of Deuteronomy this week. We got to chapter 28 of the book of Deuteronomy, and uh, so we'll finish out Monday and Tuesday evenings this week. If you go to our website, The Bible Live, you can hear the last two readings from the book of Deuteronomy. And then on Wednesday evening, we'll turn to the New Testament. We'll go back and pick up now in the full, beautiful, powerful light of Messiah himself, who comes 1,500 years later. We'll start with the Gospel of Mark. 
We've already finished Matthew, and we'll pick up at Mark uh, this coming Wednesday. So uh, hope you'll go to the website, thebiblelive.com. Go to our uh, reading schedule there, and you can just click on the reading for each of those days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Th- and you can go back in history, back and read other books or that that we've already finished and covered the you know Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. You can go back and 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 join us in this in this journey that we have every year, a journey through the scriptures. Uh, every verse, every chapter, every book of the Bible. We'd love to have you go along with us. Then here on Sunday night, we get a chance to discuss uh, those books, their 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 context, their history, the authorship, uh, their meanings, their contribution to the total uh, the, the total revelation that God is giving of Himself in this book of books. So uh, you join with us on Sunday evenings, and tonight we're giving away a brand new. New Living Translation Study Bible. Uh, <clears throat> we have uh, what three, three so far? Uh, just two. Oh, how do who? I thought we missed. Did we miss somebody? <clears throat> Peggy. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but we, you can get your name in the book in in the uh, hat. Literally the hat. We've got a hat here, and uh, we can make that drawing, and, and you could help. You could win that beautiful new. New Living Translation Bible for yourself or for somebody you love. Just give us a call, 210-340-9585. We have some questions out there that you can answer or give a shot at. Being And, and you know, we're not going to be real hard case. We're very, we're very gentle and loving, and we'll, <laughs> we'll help you get in there. But our, our questions are, what does Moses say will help the people would help the people to faithfully love, obey, and worship God. That's found in chapter 11, verse 18 of Deuteronomy. What two things did Moses tell the people to pronounce from Mount Jerusalem and Mount Ebal, two mountains in the promised land? He told the divide into these two groups and call out to each other, like Stacy said, cheerleaders calling, <laughs> calling back and forth. Uh, and they were to call about two things back and forth from Mount Jerusalem to Mount Ebal. What are those two things after they entered the promised land? That's chapter 11, verse 29. And then <clears throat> Stacy is curious about this one for some reason. She always did like horses as a little girl. She uh, she was quite the horse gal. Uh, very Always loved riding horses, animals in general, really. Uh, Moses instructed that any eventual Israelite king must never buy horses from a certain country. What country was they not were they not to buy horses from? Ending the sentence with a preposition there. Okay, uh, from which country were they not to buy horses? <laughs> there you go. I I I have puzzled at that myself, Stacy, through the years, and and as I mentioned. I think Samuel even picks up on, the, if I remember correctly, picks up on that um, command. And Solomon, and maybe maybe saw, and Solomon in particular, is classically breaks that commandment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not to buy horses from a certain country. Chapter seventeen, verse sixteen. What country were they never to buy horses? from <laughs> all right shall i give him one more question let's give him one yeah. a little bit more uh, uh you know it sounds a little bit more okay okay 
How Otay? That sounds like uh, buckwheat, right? Otay. According to De- uh, Deuteronomy chapter eighteen, verse twenty-two, how could Israel recognize a false prophet? How could they tell a false prophet from a true prophet? According to De- Deuteronomy chapter eighteen, verse twenty-two, how could Israel recognize a false preacher? from a true preacher. And, of course, prophet, the word prophet, when you read it in the Bible, actually it has two aspects. One is called uh, forth-telling, F-O-R-T-H, forth-telling. They told forth the oracles of God, the truths of God. They, they repeated, uh, they preached to the people God's message and God's word, God's commands. Uh, and then there was an aspect of, foretelling, F-O-R-E-T-E-L, foretelling the future. And this was an aspect of a true, the true prophets of God because they were not only telling old information that was from God's laws and God's word, but God, through his word and through their relationship with him, God would reveal things of the future to them. But according to Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 22, how were the people going to be able to recognize a false prophet and distinguish a false prophet from a true prophet? If you want to give us a call, 210-340-9585. If you have an answer to any one of those three questions and like to get in, uh, answer our question and join us here on the program on the air, uh, and also get your name put in for that brand-new copy of the beautiful New Living New Living Translation Bible. We would love to add your name to the hat. Uh, it's not that many. It's not like the odds are going to be really, really, really low on you. Uh, so give us a call, 210-340-9585, if you'd like to be able to uh, have, a, have a shot at winning that beautiful new Bible. And besides all that, it's just going to be so much fun talking to Stacy, St- Soapy and Stacy, <laughs> right, on, on the on the air. What do you got, Stacey? What do you got? Something else you want to oh, talk about or share uh, with us? Well, one that I had was just before before we do get to the end of Deuteronomy, I wanted to just give a special little nod and and take and look at Moses. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Give him his kind of due credit, I guess. Uh, due Actually, the, you know, that is a good thing because Deuteronomy is I mean, in a way, in some kind of limited way, it is all about Moses. This is his. Remember, right. he was the guy that started out saying, "God, yeah. I can't do that. I, I can't right. talk. You yeah. know, I, I'm not a good talker." Right. And here he does and this. Here, look at this. Yeah, thirty days and he four great speeches and mm-hmm. these incredible presentation that he gives to the entire nation. Mm-hmm. I, mean, it is a, I think we did. We ought to talk about Moses a little bit here. What you got on mind? And well, and that kind of um, goes to that question uh, uh, that from Deuteronomy um, 18, how could you recognize a false prophet? Uh-huh. And that comes, the context of that is that the people uh, requested to hear from a, a prophet, not necessarily directly from God because they feared um, God's mm. voice and his direct, and so God granted them that and said, okay, you will. I will put my words in this person's mouth, and, and Moses is who I have chosen. 
And similarly with prophets, I will put my words and I will, they will speak to you. So you better listen to them because it's my words. And, but I, I, I just. But then it does raise the question quite naturally. Right. Okay, then how, how do we. Because <laughs> some, some guy's going to be out there going, huh, all I've got to do huh. is say that God <laughs> told me this. And then. Right. That reminds uh, me of, I uh, can't, we have, we can't let a, an episode go without mentioning Lewis. That reminds me of Lewis in the last battle. Uh-huh. Right. Where, uh huh. Right. Puzzle and shift and. So he claims to be Aslan. And uh, so oh, yeah, right, that's right. And, and so false. But in uh, the false confusion prophet, that yeah. that causes and such. But um, anyway, so so how do you know that a false prophet? But it, but uh, as far as Moses, um, that is that is a, it would also be quite a person to receive and be the vessel of God's word and to keep a humble heart and to keep a humble spirit about that and to um, faithfully just do God's work and be uh, his uh, his vessel and his work and, and, and with, with the people. I mean, this can not, I don't know, this does not seem like this would be an easy task, um, delivering the law and keeping account and being uh, the leader to a people like this. I mean, it oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hurting, yeah. I, hurting, yeah. Hurting cats kind of comes to mind. Or <laughs> I don't, yeah. Uh, especially with some of these laws, you you know, it's on one hand, it's something as silly. I, I say silly and I don't know how silly or not it is. But in terms of dietary, you know, don't eat this or don't eat that. You have to assume there's some context there. But then you get into these. You know, don't don't sacrifice your sons and daughters for burnt offerings. Don't sleep with your mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Don't. And it's like, goodness gracious, what world are they living in where they have to be told this? You know, it, it's a... Mm, that is a good question. And that's part of the, what right. we were trying to talk about before. I don't know if we appreciate the darkness of right, the world exactly. in which uh, in this w- in which all of this is taking place. Right, it does feel like you really are talking to to children who, you know, in a way, uh, how do they not already know this? How do they? But but that is the time in the, in the world in the context, I guess, wow. in which they. Yeah. When you think of Sodom and Gomorrah, right, or you think of of Egypt uh, uh, yeah, of that they Egypt. came out of, mm-hmm. and the things that they did to each other, and the false, mm-hmm. the terrible false belief systems, and the the. You know, mm-hmm. using God to lord over each other and other people, and all the false gods and the human sacrifice and the perversion and the immorality mm-hmm. and the wickedness. Uh, yeah, we we probably don't really appreciate the darkness of and the primitive nature of a world without this. Hum- without God, mm-hmm. without a true and living God. You know, I started watching a movie uh, the other night. I haven't finished it, but I started watching a movie about the how the, the gospel, how Christianity made its way up to the British nations and, and how uh, and the the impact it had uh, on the pagan uh, mm-hmm. kind of philosophy. Now, by pagan, we don't necessarily mean terrible, wicked, and cruel. There were there were pagan actually was were people who the idea is that they were essentially uh understood god and the nature, nature. from nature mm-hmm. and and there's an aspect of that that could be positive and there were there, there were pagans who had a good gracious because nature 
can you can see God's goodness and you can see God's greatness and you can see aspects of it. So it's Merlin, for example, out of the King Arthur series, Merlin was always thought to be, and of course the King Arthur series, there was a part of living in that era mm-hmm. of essentially just learning about ultimate reality through the created world. And, um, but I don't know why I got off on that pagan question. Christianity, the movie, that film yeah, that you were. Yeah, and the way that when Christianity came and, and it, it just, it met such incredible need that people had to know more. And, to, and, and mm-hmm. for those who did know, who did come to the right conclusions about nature and the world around, you know, there are three aspects of general revelation. Creation, mm-hmm. both the the big mega the sun the star the moon the big systems and the weather and the the, the uh, seasons that go by and so on the the creation and then there was our con- this special consciousness and awareness that we have as human beings mm-hmm. this that God has planted eternity in our hearts and we wonder about meaning about purpose and significance and beauty and kind these these mm-hmm. these uh, these non-physical things, love and gentleness and, and bravery and courage. And so where does that come from, this this consciousness within us that we have of our own individual existence and that uh, wondering about etern- life and immortality? Mm-hmm. You know, we we uniquely have that as human beings. Creation, consciousness, and then uh, finally conscience. There's a whole idea of good and evil, Um People groups all over the planet where, you know, even during our era when we discover a new tribe down in the the uh, rainforest of the Amazon or in other parts of the world, there's never been a people group discovered yet, Stace, that didn't have a sense of ought. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's, there's certain behaviors and attitudes that are considered wrong and 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 harmful and destructive, shameful, and, and the tribe or the people would try to teach their children, warn their people, even punish away from those attitudes and those those behaviors. And then there are other behaviors that were considered to be laudable, mm-hmm. to be good, to be uh, uh, noble, to be to be taught to our children and encouraged. But the question is, where did that come from? Where did that? Not not every tribe and every people group had the same characteristics, the same details of the sense of ought. But there was there's always a sense of ought, what you should and shouldn't do, and how you should and shouldn't live. And the point is, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. Is it just willy nilly? Some people, or or is that somehow a reflection of the great lawgiver that he has planted some of his law and his values and in us as human beings to calling us to it. So that those three aspects of general revelation, creation, consciousness, and conscience. And, and of course, now we're dealing in our questions tonight, we're dealing in, as we look at the Bible, we're looking at special revelation where God steps in to the human experience. And he, particularly with those who have responded to the light of that they had received already through general revelation, God reveals himself and speaks and, do, and reveals more of himself and, and uh, speaks to them. And then they pass on what they have learned in their experience with God. That's what the Bible is all about. That's what uh, uh, revelation, that's what, uh, uh, what, what's the word we look for? Illumination or inspiration. God breathed. That's what inspiration is about. He didn't destroy Moses. Moses didn't go into a catatonic sort of state and kind of... Robotically 
parrot these words, right. Moses told what God revealed to him through his own personality, his own vocabulary, his own experience, mm-hmm. but he revealed it faithfully, and God worked through him and his his, that's the same thing he worked through other prophets as well. Well, now we've got to come to a point here before too long, and we want to answer the questions that are out there. No one, no further one has called in to answer the questions about uh, what does Moses say will help the people to faithfully love, obey, and worship God. And the answer is found in verse chapter 11, verse 18, and I'll read those to you. It says, So, folks... Commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up in the morning. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. So God's word. That's the answer to that question. What what does God say will faithfully help? God's word. Dwell and meditate on God's word. Discuss God's word. That's why when we're around the, around the water cooler at work at different places and you're riding uh, in the pickup truck out to the site, out to the work site, talk about God and his word and about truth, uh, about the true living and about God, how God affects our lives and what his word says to us. That's what Moses tells the people. So that answers that one. What two things did Moses tell the people, Stacy? What two people what two things did Moses tell the people to pronounce from Mount Jerusalem to Mount Ebal, these two mount over this valley between them, mm-hmm. what two things were they to pronounce to each other after they entered the promised land? Uh, do you want to read the passage or should I Oh just go say? ahead if you got it? Uh, That'd be I don't great. have it though. <laughs> eleven twenty nine says Now when the Lord your God brings you into the land and helps you take possession of it, you must pronounce the blessings at Mount Jerusalem mm-hmm. and the curse at Mount Ebal. Mm-hmm. These two mountains are west of the Jordan River in the land of the Canaanites who live in the Jordan Valley. And so one group was to shout the blessings that God promised. Remember we said that the book of Deuteronomy was like a a, a, a treaty right. and one part of that was the blessings and the curse the blessings that would come from obedience mm-hmm. to the commands and the curses and the difficulties they would face if they disobeyed. And so that's what they were to pronounce back and forth to one another from Mount Jerusalem and Mount Ebal. So that's the answer to that question, blessings and, blessings and curses. Now, Stacy, this was your favorite question of the night. For some reason, I don't know why. <laughs> Moses instructed that any eventual Israelite king must never buy horses from what country? Okay, and I have this passage, so I will read it. It's This one's Deuteronomy seventeen, sixteen. The king must not build up a large stable of horses for himself or send his people to Egypt to buy horses. For the Lord has told you, you must never return to Egypt. The king must not take many wives from some other land. So Egypt. And I'm not sure if it's because the horses from Egypt or if it was that so, that, that someone would have to actually go back to Egypt to get the horses. I think that's it. And I think that yeah. in the passage, yeah. don't go back. Don't return. Don't <laughs> no go matter if they have great horses, no returning to Egypt. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell you, that's for us as believers. Mm-hmm. You know, we've converted out of our difficult situations and out of our addictions and our problems that we had and our disobedience and our out of our darkness and our lostness mm-hmm. we came to the light of jesus we've yeah. come into new life don't go back yeah. Yeah. <laughs> could that be what even, he's saying even for 
a horse. Even for Even a horse. For okay, now one more question, and we, we're going to have our drawing in just a moment as to who's going to win this beautiful copy of the New Living Translation Bible. Uh, let's see here. According to Deuteronomy 18.22, how could Israel recognize a false prophet? Would you like me to read it? Yeah, do that, okay. would you? That'll be good. I will. So, uh, if the prophet speaks, well, here, but you may wonder, how will we know whether or not a prophecy is from the Lord? If the prophet speaks in the Lord's name, but his prediction does not happen or come true, you will know that the Lord did not give that message. That prophet has spoken without my authority and need not be feared. So, the way that's that actually know, just too—that's just too, too simple, right? <laughs> well, if he gets it right, then. Uh, He's from me, but if he gives, if he's he's a hundred, got to be a hundred percent accurate. Mm-hmm. I remember they used to have uh, what do they call these Sears? My mom, my well, the lady who I thought was my mom who took me at birth and uh, was a fortune teller, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they were right, you know maybe forty percent of the time, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's not enough to get by in God's economy, right? You had to be a hundred percent right every time. Shall I draw? Let's draw a name. You want to draw it, Stacy? Sure. People trust you, but okay, yeah. Let's drum, give a little bit of roll. a drum roll. Uh, where is it? There we go. It's in here somewhere. I thought I had one. Okay, you got. Okay. The winner is tonight's New Living Translation Bible goes to Peggy. Peggy. Peggy Sue. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's so Peggy, Peggy Sue. Peggy, if you're still listening, we'll give you a call and get your mailing address or the best way to get this to you, and we'll make sure to get you uh, your okay, Bible. Okay. Thank you, okay. Peggy. We'll do that. Let me put that in my and Bible. Thank you, so our I... other callers, too. You We're bet. We're going to start trying to, to ask more questions and give more opportunities. So. You bet. We're going to try to do something like this every weekend and kind of encourage you and lure you to join us here on the air. Get involved in reading through the Bible and commenting and answering questions and uh, going deeper into these passages of Scripture that we read each and every week. TheBibleLive.com will finish the book of Deuteronomy this week and go into the Gospel of Mark starting on Wednesday. We hope you'll join us next Sunday night here on The Bible Live. Take care. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live Broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.